Little honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at them loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show that is dedicated to the people of our Appalachian region who produce, prepare, and preserve our local foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. Our theme song was graciously sung, arranged, and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee. We are so proud of this talented 14-year-old Tennessee talent. Today is the first day of fall, and in keeping with the season, I wanted to spotlight the taste of fall in Appalachia. And two things that represent that are muscadines and apple butter. So today, we are setting the table with a native grape to Tennessee in the Appalachian Mountains, the muscadine. Our guest is J.D. Dalton, Vineyard Manager of Solly Notch Vineyard in Monroe County, Tennessee. J.D. tells us about the Muscadine Grape, Solly Notch Vineyard, the wines, jams, jelly, and value-added products they produce from the grapes they raise, and the upcoming National Muscadine Festival that they are hosting this year. We also hear a segment from our friend Fred Sossman from Johnson City on apple butter. Fred shares a recipe tip for sausage balls with apple butter from the late storyteller Catherine Tucker Wyndham. If you're listening by radio, I've got a gospel number picked out from the Nashville Bluegrass Band. And I think it's important to state that the people I feature today on the show, Solly Notch Vineyard and Fred Sossman and Alan Benton, they do not advertise with me or anything. I'd just like to share the good work of our neighbors to our community involving food and farming in Appalachia. It is a real privilege to have your good company today, and I just thank you for tuning in. Now let's get started. All right, and I thought I'd share with you a few facts about muscadines that seem to always come up in conversation before we meet with J.D., the muscadine grape is native to the southeastern United States and grows in the wild from Delaware to the Gulf of Mexico and as far west as Missouri and Kansas, Oklahoma and Texas. Muscadines grow in the wild throughout the southeastern United States, spreading into eastern Texas and as far north as Virginia. The question of what is a scuppernog and what is a muscadine always seems to come up, and a scuppernog is a variety of muscadines named after the Scuppernog River in North Carolina, and it is loosely come to refer to all bronze and green varieties of muscadines. The harvest season runs from the last week of July to early October, depending on what state you're in. 
J.D. Dalton is the vineyard manager at Solly Notch Vineyard in Monroe County, Tennessee. That is spelled T-S-A-L-I, Solly. The vineyard is easy to get to. It's well marked with signage and clearly marked routes from Knoxville. You can get there by going out 411 towards Madisonville. And it makes an enjoyable day trip. A person could combine a stop at Allen Benton's off 411 on the way to the vineyard and do both things in the same day. And uh, there's even an adorable little black and white dog named Solly who will most likely greet you when you drive up. At this vineyard, they grow over 200 rows of muscadine grapevines that are beautifully maintained by J.D. and his family and a small number of employees. They specifically raise muscadine grapes, and they produce a variety of award-winning wines along with value-added products like jams and jellies and other things like lip balms, and they are sold right there on the property. These products are all produced from the grapes that they grow on the vineyard. In addition to this, this vineyard is also part of a group of farms in the area that work to expose youth to agriculture, mostly from Chattanooga. This place is well established with a tasting room made from a beautifully restored farmhouse that used to sit up the road and an adorable restored cabin where they sell their products. This vineyard is located with a view of the rolling Tennessee mountains and row after row of muscadine vines and understandably serves as a backdrop for lots of weddings and photo shoots. And this year, Solly Notch Vineyard will be hosting the National Muscadine Festival, which always falls on the last full weekend of September. The wines produced by Solly Notch are not your grandpa's super sweet wine. They produce a dry red, dry white, semi-sweet white, sparkling wine, and have consistently won yearly awards from competitions such as the Regional Wine Competition sponsored by Wines of the South Competition and the San Francisco Chronicle Wine Competition. So now that you've got all that, let's hear now from J.D. Dalton and get more information about Solly Notch Vineyard in Monroe County, Tennessee. Solly, which is our name, Solly Notch Vineyard. We were originally in 09, it was a different name, different owner, so we changed the name and we changed it to Solly Notch. And the reason why we did that was Solly was a Cherokee Indian chief. We feel like the Cherokees found muscadines before anybody. You're not going to read that in a history book. It's not printed anywhere. That's just, we're giving credit back to where we feel like credit's due. They found them wild. They, you know, so again, now these aren't what Solly would have found. You know, these are obviously... Um, commercialized here but but that was the first people that we feel like that found it so Solly was a Cherokee Indian chief he basically sacrificed himself to the soldiers so they would leave his people in the mountains of North Carolina he actually literally sacrificed if you read the story on Solly he literally sacrificed his being so that they the soldiers would leave his people in the mountains of North Carolina we've got a couple other wines named after some other Cherokee Indian chiefs and I like Dragon Canoe he was not like Solly, although he was a Cherokee Indian chief, but he was a little bit more, I cut your head off, talk about it kind of later kind of deal. And so our semi-sweet red, our second wine that we ever made, we named it Dragon Canoe for that reason. <laughs> you know, our first wine was Sweet Water, and then our second wine was Dragon Canoe. Um, but um, so a muscadine, to, to bring that all full circle, if you've never seen one, never heard of it, it only grows in the South. Uh, it is a fruit or a berry. It's in the grape family. 
but I tell people it's like no other fruit that you've ever tasted. Muscadine has its own taste, its own smell, its own whatever. It is similar to, but it's a it's a it, it's all on its own. So it has a thick skin, meaty inside, and seeds in it. Now most people do not eat the skins or the seeds. They're a little bit bitter, or can be a little bit bitter, but muscadimes have the highest amounts of a reservatrol of any other fruit out there, which is an antioxidant property. So we have a lot of people that come here for you pick. They will pick their own fruit. They take it back home. They juice it. They make jellies. They make what pepper jellies. They do whatever. But then they take the skins and the seeds and they dry them and pulverize them into a powder form. And because of the reservatrol amounts in muscadines, they will add that throughout the year in their smoothies or... Muscadines is a unique, and I call it the muscadine twang. That's kind of my word. Uh, when people come and taste the juice, the, the wine, the jellies, and some people who have never had it are like, I don't know how to describe this. And, and really, it's something new. And so I throw the word in muscadine twang because it is unique to its own and it uh, it represents very well in dry wines, semi-sweets, sweet. So it, it does a fantastic job. Now, a lot of people probably know muscadine wine better because grandma and grandpa used to go out in the wild. They would pick muscadines, they would bring them back and grandma and grandpa would make maybe two or three gallon that would last them for the year. Now, I'm not saying that grandma and grandpa were professionals, and I'm definitely not saying they didn't do a good job, but sometimes people that we see here, when we say, oh, this is just muscadine wine, they're like, mm, I can't taste that. I can't taste that. My grandma, and then the story comes out, <laughs> or I'm like, well, this is a little bit different probably from your grandma or your grandpa's wine, but and they might have been fantastic, but that's kind of how I would describe uh, a muscadine. I mean, if you've never seen it and you can only... You can only hear and think about it. It has that real thick skin, that meaty, jelly-like inside, mm -hmm. and then the seeds in it. Mm -hmm. And again, it's all great for you if you can get past them. The, the skins and the seeds are a little bit bitter. Uh, obviously, if you get a muscadine that is completely ripe, unfortunately, I think a lot of people have tasted muscadines before they were actually ripe enough to taste. As people find them in the market, um, and, and I'm not saying no names, they can't take them produce that is, you know, fresh and ripe today because by the time it got to them, it'd be ruined. And I, and I get no, that. I'd buy it. So a lot of people have never experienced a muscadine in its true form. Like, for example, they all start green, the varieties that we have, they all start out green. And then the dark varieties turn red. Then they turn shiny black. When they are dull black is the sweetest they're going to be. Now, muscadines, unlike a tomato, unlike a banana, if you pick it green, it is green till it rots. It does not ripen off the vine. If you pick it ripe and ready, it's ripe and ready. So, you know, sometimes people experience that. And I'm a person that likes a little bit on the tartar, twangier side. So there are some varieties that are my favorite here in the vineyard. But for most people, they're looking for that super sweet. And, and you can find that, like in the blacks, that dull black color, sweetest it's going to be. It's ready to go. 
the bronze, when they get that deep, yeah. dull bronze color. Mm-hmm. Most of them that I have seen in markets in different places, not farmer's markets, but grocery store markets, they still have a ton of green to them. So you can make good wine with good quality fruit. Mm-hmm. You can't take all your bad fruit and try to make good quality wine. It didn't work out that way. Just like when I first started going to my jelly lady, she said, listen, you bring me bad fruit, I produce you bad jelly. You bring me good fruit, I produce you good jelly. And I started thinking about that. I said, you know, now I'm not saying it has to be perfect and it doesn't have to look perfect to the naked eye. And because that's a lot of, we have gone like in the grocery stores, we want that perfect peach, we want that perfect muscadine, it has no blemish in it, but that's not natural. That's not really how it comes. Some of the best tomatoes I've ever had are the ones that look the funkiest. They had the best flavor to them. They were better for me. Same thing with muscadines. Now, we don't spray our vines with anything. So, super excited to say little Johnny can come. Grandma can take him out there with his bucket. If he happens to eat a hundred out there, it's okay. But we have sprayed it with nothing. Now, we do spray to kill grass underneath the rows. <laughs> 35 acres is hard to maintain, and and there are three of us that work outside in the field. Where do y'all sell your jellies and and your wine? Jellies and wine, our wine is only sold right here at our facility. Now, we just recently, and I didn't realize once you bring alcohol in the situation how complicated it is to uh, promote or move or any of that kind of stuff, which is all okay. We're working through the guidelines there. Uh, but the only place that you can pick up our wine is here at the farm. Now, if you live in the state of Tennessee, you can call us, send us an email. We can get you an order, and we now can ship inside the state of Tennessee. Right. We are in the process of working on a ship directly to consumer website. So you'd be able to go to our website, which is sollynotch.com, Go onto that website, say, oh, I, I need a couple more bottles of sweet water. Boom, do the, go through the payment process. I would get alerted. Boom, it would go out to you. So never before have we ever been able to do that. Uh, outside of the state of Tennessee, we're still working on the avenues that we're going to be able to take. It's probably going to be another middle-of-the-road middle shipper, kind of a middleman for us. That way we can get it out to a few other states. But we physically and legally can ship in the state of Tennessee now. So that's been a game changer for us. We really like for everybody to come and visit at least the first time. The one thing I think that we have that kind of hits home for people when they come here is not only do we have great wine, but you can look and see actually where that wine is started, where it grows. You know, you know everything that that you taste out of here comes in a bottle is grown right here on this ground. So mm-hmm. that is, and it's hard for me, and you would probably agree with me, it, and the view that we have is phenomenal. It is hard for me to take that, especially in a uh, audio or even digitally. I cannot capture that view that we have. And you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and our guest is J.D. Dalton, Vineyard Manager at Solly Notch Vineyard in Monroe County, Tennessee. After a short break from our sponsor, we'll return with J.D. and hear a few details about the upcoming National Muscadine Festival, which is coming up at the end of this month at Solly Notch Vineyard. 
Support for the Tennessee Farm Table is brought to you in part by Century Harvest Farms and Century Harvest Farms Foundation in Greenback, Tennessee. A sustainable farm in East Tennessee producing 100% grass-fed beef and other wholesome farm products. Preservative-free grass-fed charcuterie, preserves, pickles, and jams. Also home to the community-serving, food-insecurity-fighting Century Harvest Farms Foundation and hosting the Century Harvest Fall Festival on the farm October 6th from 12 until 6 with the theme, Food Insecurity is Scary. With sustainably sourced and produced foods, kids' play area, pumpkin carving, a spooky scavenger hunt, hayrides face painting, local live music, and for adults, the Oktoberfest beer garden, all supporting the mission of the Century Harvest Farms Foundation from the Ground Up program. Details at centuryharvest.com. Then let's join back up with JD and hear some detail about this annual National Muscadine Festival. Well, y'all are going to host the Muscadine Festival here. Tell what do people expect if they come out to that? Okay, so the Muscadine Festival started back in 2010. We actually partner, and we do this quite often. We partner with a lot of nonprofits because, again, I'll go back. Our staff here is like six of us. <laughs> so we can't put on uh, shindigs that have three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand 10,000 people. It's hard to do with six people. So we partner a lot of times with nonprofits or for the Muscadine Festival example. It's a fundraiser from Monroe County Chamber. So there we have partnered with a nonprofit mm. so that they can use our facility to help benefit their cause and they do fantastic things at the chamber. And it, it, and it incorporates the whole Monroe County. It's not just Madisonville, Sweetwater, Vinyl. It's, it's Monroe County as a whole. So they took that over. Last year we called it Picking at the Notch, which was really cool. We had live music pretty much all day. We had more artisan vendors. We had, you know, food and things of that, things in the barn. This year has stepped up a little bit because now it's no longer in Sweetwater. It is solely out here. We're going to have probably bouncy houses for kids. There'll be artisan vendors. I think we, I think she has almost 90 plus vendors for the event on the 28th and 29th. It's always the last full weekend of September. That's the kicker. So we'll have craft vendors, leather works, uh, some great food this year, have music. We have a VIP night, which is the Friday before. And so there'll be food here you can eat. Um, they will get the first dibs. You know, so that gives you options to be able to shop first. Uh, we'll close the gates for you pick at 5 o'clock, and then we'll open it back up, get in at 5.30. They'll be able to pick muscadines. They'll be able to taste muscadine wine. They'll be able to take a tour around the vineyard. Uh, and then we'll run that again on Saturday. So that's kind of Friday's. Yeah, it's just, it's just fun. It's laid back. It's not hustle bustle. It's just more laid back. That's right. And, and that's, that's what we, the whole point of... The Muscadine Festival here at our our place has been more. Let's just let's let's enjoy it. Let's let's sit back. If you know if you 
decides you want to get some wine and bring it outside and enjoy it, that's great. If you decide you want to get some juice and you bring it outside and enjoy it, great. That's what we're kind of looking for. Not not so much, oh, let's hurry and get there, and then after it's all over, forget it. Let's just let's just step back and relax a little bit. Well, you can do it out here. Yes, ma'am. And you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Our guest has been J.D. Dalton, Vineyard Manager of Solly Notch Vineyard in Monroe County, Tennessee. And as always, details and links to all my guests and links to events that I share on the program can always be found on my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com, under that link that says Listen to the Show. Coming up is Fred Saussman on apple butter and a sausage and apple butter recipe tip from the late storyteller Catherine Tucker Wyndham. The scene is similar in country churchyards all over our region during the fall harvest. Smoke drifts skyward from well-worn kettles. Wooden paddles keep their contents moving as liquid thickens. Church members of all ages supply the labor, trading places when arms get tired. It's a scene that dates back generations, yet modernity has not threatened it. A drive through the countryside on fall Saturdays in southern Appalachia is reassuring proof that the making of apple butter is alive and well, even thriving. Just as in worship services the following morning, each church has its own techniques and procedures. Some season their apple butter with cinnamon candy, some with cinnamon oil, some with ground cinnamon, some add an ecumenical sprinkling of cloves. Each implement has a story. Listen closely as the apple butter is stirred, and you might hear the scraping of metal on metal. Silver dollars are tossed into the mix to prevent sticking. Some kettles are brass, others copper. Part of the preparation ritual is scouring the kettle until it shines. As in any communal task, the making of apple butter dictates a division of labor, from building the fire to washing the jars. One fall Saturday, I watch as members of the Unicoi Ruritan Club and the Unicoi United Methodist Church Friendship Class join forces in a silently choreographed routine to pour the hot apple butter into jars and wipe them clean before labels are applied. It's the culminating point of a six-hour day of work and remembrance. Making apple butter is hastened by the silent urgency of the coolness of fall. As their ancestors did in Europe, apple butter makers in Appalachia today are driven by the coming of winter. Their product is yet another reminder of their genius in prolonging the goodness of the crop for months after trees have stopped bearing. Apple butter is, of course, best eaten as it is, scooped out with fingers plunged deep into jars, or spooned liberally on hot, scratch-made biscuits. The late storyteller Catherine Tucker Wyndham used it as a blanket for sausage. She would form fresh sausage into balls without any breading and brown them in a skillet. She would then drain them, place them in a baking dish, and cover them well with apple butter. She would then heat the apple butter and sausage balls in the oven until the mixture became bubbly. This season, I remember Catherine's love of this combination from the farm and her delight in making it in her kitchen all year long. And memory is really what apple butter is all about. For the Tennessee Farm Table, I'm Fred Sausman. In addition,
addition to the Tennessee Farm Table show as a podcast, the program is also a radio show, which is broadcast every Saturday morning from 9 to 9.30 a.m. on the radio waves from the WDVX Knoxville studio in downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. WDVX is a non-commercial, listener-supported radio station and does not receive any support from universities or national public radio. Support for WDVX Radio comes from homegrown listeners like yourselves, volunteers, and businesses who believe in the mission of WDVX. WDVX delivers a hearty helping of variety programming for the whole community 24-7 for over 20 years now. Details at WDVX.com. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.